Before we dive into this episode, I have an exciting offer for you. You know that my passion is simplifying formulation for all hairstylists. Right now, my best-selling masterclass, Hair Color Formulation Simplified, is on sale for only $47. To get yours now, simply go to my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com forward slash simple. Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. The Ask the Color Expert podcast is proudly sponsored by Kin North America. Kin is available directly to salons with no middleman, and they pass that savings on to you. They carry color, retail, and texture products, and they're all developed and manufactured in their factory in Spain. After more than 90 years in business, Kin is still owned by the founding family. They are passionate about being the very best they can be. For more information on Kin, contact Gary at kinnorthamerica.com. If you follow me, you know that I do not work for any manufacturer, but I do love to share things that I love using in my own salon in Pennsylvania. We are proud users of the Kin Color. We get excellent gray coverage and excellent support. If I could turn back town, if I could find a way. Welcome back to this episode of the Ask the Color Expert podcast. I started with a little clip of me singing Share if I could turn back time, because that's the theme of today's episode. I shared a series of things that I would do differently, both in my free Hairstylist Ultimate Mentorship Program, as well as on my weekly coffee chats this month on my Facebook page, Expert Color Solutions. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people saying, oh my gosh, I can so relate to this. Where were you 10 years ago? All of the things that I also feel about the things that I wish I could go back and do differently, but feel compelled to share with other stylists who are not as far along in their journey and can still avoid the pitfalls that I myself and others have fallen into with kind of just living life on autopilot and just doing what we've always done and not looking up to see, wow, there's a better way. This was all up to me. I could have changed the trajectory of my future behind the chair by making these small decisions. So I'm going to recap what I talked about in the last three coffee chats and in the mentorship, as well as what I'm talking about in the next coffee chat um, at the end of this month, which is the last in the series of If I Could Turn Back Time. So number one, the first week was hire an assistant. I was the most you know, productive, um, brought in the most money behind the chair, which is the story of most salon owners. Most of us are really busy behind the chair. We're good at what we do as far as our skill set and our performance behind the chair, but we aren't necessarily trained or prepared for life as a salon owner. So I was really busy behind the chair as a color expert. I 
about halfway through my career, so about 17 years in, I made the amazing decision to specialize in only color. Best decision that I ever made because my passion was always in color and it always lit me up when I saw a day ahead of me that was lots of highlights, lots of corrective color, and not a lot of toddler haircuts, men's haircuts, updos, and waxing. So when I got busier behind the chair, I was never really taught how to maximize my time and stop trading time for money behind the chair. I've always booked on the hour. So I take a 12 o'clock, a one o'clock, a two o'clock and so forth. And I, I never liked life with squeezing people in. So I always thought of hiring an assistant as I'm going to have to do three clients in an hour versus one client in an hour. And I think that's what kept me from doing it. But I was looking at it all wrong. All of the really um, routine tasks like putting the client into a robe, putting a towel around their neck, putting hairline cream around their forehead to prep them for color, doing a mineral buildup removal service before color, conditioning treatments, shampooing the client, removing the hairline stains. All of those things, I was taking a lot of time in my day doing those tasks that anyone can do. You don't have to be highly sold to do those tasks. So those tasks alone being relegated to an, an assistant would have opened up my day to be able to actually have a lunch, actually call back a client that had a question or a concern or was asking about a product, sell product to my clients. It would have opened me up to even more income, a lot less stress on my body. I've had a torn rotator cuff. I've had tennis elbow. I have disc issues in my back. I have bad knees. I have issues in my feet. So 35, 36 years behind the chair, all of these things are going to happen because I wasn't working smart. I was working my butt off and I wore it like a badge of honor. Oh, I work 12 hour days and I can keep going after that. Who's next? But really, was I really winning? I was working really physically hard and I was taking the opportunity away from a new stylist to be mentored by me, to watch me in a situation diffusing an angry client who is being told she has to wait another 20 minutes because she came very late to her appointment or turned away from her appointment, diffusing a situation when a, you know, a stylist is not confident in a service and is bluffing their way through it. And I have to step away from a client to help them through it. So being side by side with someone working one-on-one -on -one with me would have truly been a gift to me to be less hard on my body and to them as learning life behind the chair before they're getting thrown in, in a sink or swim situation. I can't tell you how many times every single day I see in social media groups, people saying, I'm already booth renting. I'm right out of school and I'm booth renting. Help me find new clients. And I just smack myself on the head and say, I don't even know where to begin to answer this person because everything is wrong with this situation. Why would you choose to go directly into a booth rent situation or even worse, a sweet rent situation without the foundations and fundamentals of confidence behind the chair? You don't come out of school fully confident to pre be prepared for any situation that's going to come up. And trust me, they will come up. So 
by me, you know, being a control freak and saying, I don't want someone mixing up my color. What if they pull the wrong tube? What if they don't measure it properly? What if they're lazy about squeezing out the tube and they're not really doing the right measurement and I get banding in the hair? That's my work. That's my reputation. So by being so short-sighted is the best way I can explain it and so controlling, I limited both my income and the ability of someone to have a really strong, amazing foundation to then be a stylist behind a chair in my salon. So yes, it would have grown people a lot faster and I have done it that way. But what happened was I grew so many people that I ended up running out of chairs, which meant I would have to open another location, which I had already been there, done that and have the battle scars to prove that it was not a good idea for me. A lot of people have multiple locations and that's amazing and they are amazing. It just wasn't for me. So for a, a lot of different reasons, I chose not to have a personal assistant. But recently I returned to my salon in Philadelphia to help out one of my stylists who chose to take a leave of absence. Her father was sick and she made the right decision to spend the last few weeks of his life with him every single day. And I admire her courage in doing that. She didn't let the fear of, oh my gosh, my clients are going to leave me. They're not going to wait for me. All of those things. She said, no, this is my dad. I have one opportunity to do this for him. So it gave me the opportunity to get back behind the chair. I haven't been behind the chair on a daily basis in five years. So seeing the difference, I had a, an assistant work just with me to keep me running on time, to keep me you know, knowing how to use the scale that we implemented since I've not been there. So I was really rusty with the scale and really have someone take charge of all my shampoos, be my human hair clip, hold the hair up when I was glazing in between foils. And it was amazing. It was amazing for her and it was amazing for me. So it truly was a win-win. So if you're like me and you are being controlling for no reason and you're holding yourself back, get that personal assistant working with you You'll be able to, you know, have higher tickets, spend less time doing busy work, make more money, be, be less hard on your body and make it longer behind the chair without being exhausted and, you know, falling apart from head to toe from trying to physically do everything yourself. So that was week one. And if I could turn back time, week two, self-care is not selfish, that was a huge lesson for me that it took me 50 years to learn, 50 years to understand that getting a massage is not, you know, a frou-frou, um, you know, high-end indulgence that's not necessary. It's necessary. You are working with your body standing 8, 9, 10, 12 hours a day. Most days you're not taking time to eat a lunch, which is a whole other thing that if I could turn back time, I would do. I would meal prep. I would bring healthy food for snacks, for lunches, instead of living on caffeine and not drinking enough water, not taking a humane lunch break, not taking time out of my day, and also getting a minimum of one massage a month to make sure that my body isn't holding on and storing stress. So massages monthly, going to a spa, getting a facial and massage, having lunch with a friend, leaving the salon to actually sit down and have a proper lunch to actually sit and digest my food instead of eating whatever snack 
a client brought in a, a plate of you know donuts or cupcakes or cookies. You know the drill. It's always somebody's birthday. Someone's always being nice and bringing in food that's not healthy. And that's what we grab because we don't have anything else with us. So it was either takeout that was way overpriced. And that's going to lead me to, to week three about finances and saving. But spending way too much money on takeout to only get it delivered, to not get it delivered at the proper time for me to be able to eat it. So then by the time I got to it and ate it, it was disgusting. And I'm just shoveling it down my throat because I'm ready to pass out. My blood sugar is on the floor. So all of these things, when I look back and I say it to you right now on this podcast, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Why would, why in the world did I ever feel guilty taking a lunch? Think about all of your friends, your family, other people in other industries. If you told them that they would work a job for 35 years and never have a lunch break, do you think that they would take that job? Do you think that if a boss on their interview said, you're going to be standing on your feet for 10 to 12 hours a day, you're not going to be able to eat a proper lunch, you're not going to be able to ever sit down, you're not going to be able to take a phone call or do anything during your day, but just service clients back to back. Nobody would take that job. And here I was, my own boss, making that my job. So when you know better, you do better. So if you're listening to this and you're shaking your head going, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm doing. How did I get here? Because I can promise you, you have at least 15 to 20 pounds of extra fat in your belly and you're walking around carrying that weight physically and mentally because every time you go clothes shopping, you're working around that belly when all you have to do is eat healthier food, take time to chew your food and digest it, drink you know, 64 or more ounces of water in a day, start taking vitamins, start taking a break during the day, taking a walk during your lunch. If you don't want to sit and have a proper lunch and you want to eat on the fly, go out and take a walk for an hour during your lunch, move your body instead of standing just behind the chair. So that was week two of if I could turn back time. Week three, I wish I was smarter about money. I spent money as fast as I made it. I talked about in the coffee chat when I talked about saving, I talked about being a spaver. I remember hearing that word and I cracked up because it's so true. I was saving to spend, not saving to save. So I would build up this amazing account because I wanted to go to Italy for a week to a hair event. I wanted to go to Paris for a week and take my whole staff. So I was saving to spend, spaving. Instead of saving for where I am now, as a 56-year-old you know, salon owner that's no longer behind the chair, it would have been nice to have an account with a couple hundred thousand dollars in it sitting waiting for me to be able to live at the beach and go out on a boat ride on a Thursday instead of worrying about generating income some way to be able to pay a mortgage. I started a second totally brand new business at the age of 51 when I moved to Florida from Pennsylvania. Wouldn't it have been nice to at 51, go off into the sunset, move to Florida and say to my husband, what do you want to do? Do you want to travel all around Europe? Do you want to do a you know cruise around the world? Do you want to go volunteer in another country? And you know I can go help teach for hair aid in Cambodia and teach sex traffic victims how to cut hair. Like there's a million things that I could be doing right now versus building a brand new business in the last five years if I had that money saved. 
So that Louis Vuitton handbag that's gathering dust in my closet, the Gucci handbag, the Gucci sunglasses, the brand new convertible leased in Pennsylvania, where I may have gotten 20 days a year that I could put the top down in Pennsylvania. Those were the things that were the band-aids of the pain that I was in as someone who was not taking a lunch, not saving money, not being smart. I just kept running away from myself, running away for an elaborate spa weekend with a girlfriend, spending thousands of dollars, getting all kinds of muds and scrubs and massages and all the things to ease the pain of my daily life when I knew very well that as soon as I went back home from this elaborate vacation, I had to face myself again and I had to face my situation. So it was always a temporary, it's like putting perfume on a pig, you know, like it can last a couple minutes because the pig's still going to smell like a pig and it's still going to go roll around in the mud. So I would come home from these trips, go right back into all my bad habits that got me that pain to begin with. And so the cycle continued until I finally had enough. And I said, I have to make a major change. And as someone who stepped into the unknown, and it wasn't less scary for me than it is for you right now listening to this, as someone who put a step forward saying, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't have a net. I don't have a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank waiting for me to fall back on. I don't have any of those things because you never think that you're going to hit 50 as soon as you do. And let me tell you, when it comes, you can understand why men go out and get the Harley Davidson and start looking for the young girlfriend. Because life looks a lot differently at 50 than it did at 25. A lot of my passwords in my life have the number 25 in them. The reason being, when I look back on my life, if I had to pick one year that I would go back to and live over again, it's when I was 25 for many reasons. But I still would not want to do anything majorly different except for the things that I'm sharing with you right now. The little things that could have made a big difference in my quality of life that are my choice and they are your choice alone. No one else can force you to meal prep and bring a healthy lunch to work. No one else can keep reminding you that your body is a gift and that the way that we treat it is going to come back and haunt us later. You know, I had to wake up this morning and do physical therapy for all the discs that are bulging in my back from standing behind the chair. Sometimes not in comfortable shoes. Later in my years, I had comfortable shoes. I cared less about what I looked like than what I felt like in my later years behind the chair, but the damage was already done. It's like sunscreen. We put sunscreen all over our bodies in our 50s because we have all of the brown spots and all of the, the signs of a lot of time in the sun in our youth, but the damage is already done. There's no reversing that damage. So stop what you're doing now. You're listening to this podcast. You stumbled upon this episode for a reason because you need to try and do things differently to protect yourself so that you can survive another 10 years. And it's not too late to start to be smart with your money. If you start to save just one tip a day, between now and when you retire, you will be in a much different position than spending that tip on a quick run through Marshalls or TJ Maxx or a quick run to Starbucks. It's a temporary, you know, joy of that Starbucks, but get yourself an espresso machine in your house and make your own damn coffee for 30 cents a cup versus $5 a cup. These are the things that you can easily change 
to change your future and earn towards your retirement. Talk to a financial planner. Learn how to have your money grow for you. These are the things that I avoid it because I hate numbers. I hate spreadsheets. But there are people in our industry. One of them is my dear friend, Donna, who does Fierce Financials. She opened my eyes to things I never understood about money. You can change the credit card that you use and fund those fun trips to Italy and Paris and anywhere that are on your bucket list. You're buying your hair color, your cotton, your gloves anyway. So get something back by having the right credit card. So if you're just going through the motions and you're like I was and you're spending money as fast as you earn it, put the brakes on, reach out to me. I can connect you to Donna. I can connect you to anybody in the industry that can help you with anything you're struggling with. But don't just keep doing it because you're sitting in your comfort of this is the way I've always done it. This is what works for me. Stop beating your head against the wall and try doing things a little bit differently. So you're getting a little sneak peek to what this week's coffee chat is going to be on Turn Back Time, the last episode. And it's if you are a salon owner, don't allow a toxic employee to continue to ruin your culture. As someone who's had a salon for 36 years, I've had many, 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 many people on my staff. I have to laugh at one point we were, you know, we're computerized. So the computer gives each employee a number and this girl was working there and her number was like 32 or something. And she said something like, Oh, I heard you. I heard you talking about something the other day. When did they work here? Like I thought that it was just this staff here. And I said, what is your employee number again? And she said 32. And I said, do you see 31 other people in here? And she was like, Oh, Okay. So that was my way of saying to her, I protect my culture no matter what. It is the absolute most important thing to me, even above income and profit. And if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, but my bad apple brings in the most money. The bad apple always brings in the most money. And that's why it takes down your culture because they have that playing card of the Trump card of like, well, I'm your busiest producer. And what are you going to do about it? So letting that bully keep you in a terrible culture is just going to keep the insanity going and you're never going to have growth. Years ago in my first location, I had an issue where one employee kept being the catalyst of others quitting. I would train, 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 and they would quit, train, 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 and they would quit. And I finally did exit interviews and said, why are you quitting? And when they told me that it was because this one person was doing things to undermine what I was doing when I wasn't there, I kept keeping the person there because they brought in the most money until I said, this is crazy. Like, why do I even own a salon if I'm not really in charge of the culture? Why am I letting one person completely change my culture without my consent? And once I changed that and I shifted everything, I never had a culture issue again because I never let someone become the boss without the title and without the skin in the game. If somebody is bossing you around and you have the investment in your business, business, think about what you're doing. Like really take the time to think about it. Did you, are you an entrepreneur or are you someone who's working for someone in your business, but you get to pay all the bills? Think about that. So culture is most important. And when you're hiring, hire slowly. We tend to right now, the industry has never been harder to find the right talent because we're competing with 
corporate salons. We're competing with solo opportunities. We're competing with booth rental opportunities. And since COVID, I hate to say it, but we're competing with at-home salons again. A lot of people burrowed into their basement during COVID and they thought, wow, I'm getting to keep all this money. I'm not paying taxes on it. I'm getting to keep all the profit. All I have to do is buy supplies and people come to my house and I have this great business. But guys, when you go to retire, I promise you, you will not have the wealth that you would have if you were in a salon paying taxes, being above board and investing that money. Because when you're making all that cash, you can't put it into an investment account without flagging yourself and getting audited by the IRS. So you think that you're winning in the short term. And yeah, you probably were. You're probably winning during COVID because nobody else was working because we were following the rules. But hiring someone because they have a license and a pulse is never a good idea. Have them come in and spend a day in the salon in your culture. Don't be so quick to hire them because they showed up and said yes to the position. Take your time hiring and fire quickly. As soon as you see that they are stirring the pot and they are messing with your culture, be super protective of that culture against all odds. Do not take the easy way when it comes to protecting your culture because I promise you will pay down the road. It's pay now or pay later. And you don't want to invest all that time and training and building them so that you can then let them go because you knew they weren't a good fit in the first place. So I hope that these four topics of if I could turn back time, Cher is my idol. She's my person. Her and Oprah are the two that when people say, who would you want to meet and sit on a park bench with? They're my two people. So these are the things if I could turn back time, I would. Um, I hope it's not too late for you. It never is. And I hope you'll make a different decision tomorrow as a result of listening to this today. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join the priority wait list for my upcoming, upcoming workshop in November, starting on the 9th, Hair Color Formulation Simplified. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.